Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. The matchups, the superstars. The games. Starting defense. Place at the table. Wow! This is Football Sunday on the Fan. A comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two, we're super late, sorry. There was a little bit of breaking news there last segment, and I, according to Jesse, put everybody into a panic by saying one person's name. Yeah. Just saying a name, guys. Uh, still coming up this hour, before we get back into that briefly, we already talked about it for about eight, ten minutes, but we just got to wrap it up. Um, we do have Hate It or Love It coming up at 10.30, and West Coast Bias is next, which we're going to do some Pac-12 bowl game discussion. But the big breaking news that just happened is Miami head football coach Mark Rick announced his retirement. Surprisingly, everyone is shocked at the announcement just a couple of days after they got destroyed by Wisconsin in the bowl game. And I think they had a really bad early signing day as well. And all I said last segment was when I saw this story, my first thought was two words, Mario Cristobal. That's all I said. And everyone's telling me I'm panicking out Oregon fans. Well, no. Let me go ahead and go to the the tweet machine. What does that say? Manny Navarro, who is the, I said this last segment, for those who missed it, he is the Miami Hurricanes football beat writer for The Athletic. He said, I believe Mario Cristobal is Miami's number one target. Adam Rittenberg, ESPN National College football writer, goes, the most interesting one to me is Mario Cristobal. Uh, let me find that tweet because it just disappeared. One second. There it is. Most interesting one will be Cristobal. Miami is home, but he is things rolling in a big way for Oregon, which gave him a second chance at leading a program when others didn't. Hey, Amen. It, it was not just my first thought, although I would like to take the credit for it because I think I said it first because I had it on the air before anyone else did. Uh, but uh, the reason I thought that was because we saw what happened last year with Willie Taggart. Again, it's a very different situation in terms of the quality of the person, at least we think the quality of the person. Tiger gets his dream job to open up and uses Oregon as a stepping stool and goes right to Florida State. Mario Cristobal has often, often talked about his love for Miami. He grew up there. He started his, his career there. He played there. He started, played think, with The Rock. Started his coaching career there, I'm pretty sure, as well, as, a, as an assistant. So... I would not be shocked if he would decide to go back there. I don't think he will. I do think he's a man of character. I do think he sees what he's building here. And frankly, at the moment, Oregon is a way better job than Miami. I think in general, Miami probably has a lot more benefits than Oregon does in terms of being a coach. And if you can get that thing going, you go back to the old Miami teams, you'll see just how dominant that team can be. But at the moment, Oregon is a better job. So, sure, the pull of home is going to be strong. And if he is their number one target, I'm sure he will listen and, and give them at least an interview because you, you do that for your for your favorite school. But I don't know. I don't I don't think he'll take the job. I just saying that would that would be my first thought if I was Miami. Go after Mario. Um Randy Shannon, Jeff Stoutland, 
Al Golden, Larry Scott, Mark Ritt. Those are the coaches that Miami is. Pac-12 had commissioner since, Larry Scott. Yeah, I think so. Well, I don't know. Possibly. No, I'm kidding. Is it really? Okay, I'm about to say that's. <laughs> that's I, a I, joke. Did, I did not know that. Man, you're breaking news to me. So those are the too last, much breaking news panic. <laughs> those are the last five coaches for Miami in the last twelve years. They haven't had any consistency in from any of those coaches. Those records, Randy Shannon, uh, what is it, twenty eight and twenty two. Uh, Al Golden, 32 and 25. Larry Scott, and only, you know, five games, four and one. Mark Richt, 26 and 12. Now, the 26 and 12, okay, you know. Mark Richt, I saw, was 10 and one in September. So, and yeah, 16 and 12 in the other months. Miami was 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 trending the, the right way for, for a lot of this season and a, a lot of last season. They haven't had that guy um, at the helm for coaching. People point point to Larry Coker. I wouldn't, just because man, most of the guys from that Miami team from uh, 2001 will tell you when they won. Man, Coker was just the adult with this, you know, at the amusement park. You know, he we really we didn't need him for anything, so he wasn't a great man. Butch Davis is the last great Miami coach, and they haven't had a great coach since then. Man, Cristobal knows all about the struggles that this team has had. Over the past little bit, because yeah, you you better believe he's checking the box score of the Miami Hurricanes game all the time. So, man, we just have to stop thinking that he would never go and talk to him, and we have to stop thinking he'd be a scumbag for going to have that conversation. Right. I, like, think this... I think that's the part that that kind of that irritates me. It was like, man, why are we saying that people can't move forward? Like, why are we saying that people can't take it, have an opportunity to do well for himself? Like, he's put himself in a position to be interviewed or to feel like they want to talk to you personally because of the job you've done. Man, let this man take that opportunity to do that. I think it's, I think it's selfish, but I understand why people would feel that. Well, and we got one of our, our main P1s texted this, and he goes, I don't think going to one's alma mater is a money or selfish glory issue, though. It's a goal to return home and make it great again. Going to your alma mater is a community family type thing. It is different. It is different, especially with the alma mater part of it. So, yeah, and I agree with you 100%. This is college coaching. There is no loyalty or there's as little loyalty as there could be in an industry in an, in an industry. If you get paid more money, if it's a better opportunity, if it's a place you'd rather be, then you go there, right? I don't think Mario Cristobal would do that. I think he is a guy of some integrity, and I also think he realizes what he's building with the Ducks. It's his first year as head coach, and he had a really good first year. He just got one of the best, if not the best recruiting class ever in Oregon football history just this year. And last year, he did a damn good job recruiting as well. So for the next couple of years, he's going to have a lot of freshmen and sophomores who are really talented who are going to be stepping in and and making this team better. Oh, and don't forget, Justin Herbert returned. And the entire offensive line. Like, I mean, there's just so many things about, like, momentum for him in this program right now. Miami is going to need some work right it, now. Yeah, it, it's just that's a lot to ask to have somebody leave a program with the momentum that's building in, in Eugene for the momentum that is stagnant in Miami. But the one thing we know, and I know we have to go, it's it's not hard to recruit in Miami. They're, they won't have a problem. I mean, mind you, there, there's the certain issues as far as GPA, yeah, It's much some easier of those to things. recruit to Miami. You know, it, yeah, it's, it's not going to be hard to sell those students on that campus, on that city, all those things. I think Eugene a lot of times takes some – 
that take, oh, okay, you know, they, they might take some getting used to. I think we were all surprised that Thibodeau decided to come to the to the Ducks, supposed anywhere else. Like, wow, really? You passed up Florida and you passed up all these places to come to Eugene? Like, okay, because we know as adults that some of those places are just cooler. And so, like, that's already half of the battle for, for him. And then he's Mario Cristobal, who's somebody who comes from that community, won a national championship there. If he can return as a coach and win a national championship or compete for one, yeah, mind you, they had the number one uh, top class last year when Willie Taggart was at the helm. Now they have it this year. Like, man, you mean to tell me you take him to Miami, you won't be able to recruit some of those same kids to come there from that same pipeline? I don't know, man. I, I think there's a lot to consider if you're Mario Christmas. I mean, you say it's easier, but, I mean, Miami hasn't recruited really particularly great for quite a while now. And you can thank Randy Shannon, Al Golden, and uh, right. Mark Rick. I, I think here's the thing to, to remember, Jesse, is – there are three states in this country that are the biggest gold mines Texas, in recruiting. Texas, Florida, California. Yeah. And if you're in Florida and you're a, a school like Miami, which is a top three program in the state, maybe top two depending on how you want to order it. Florida State was awful this year. Granted, they're, they have more tradition. But top three program, you can easily load up on top talent. I think that's the way it was. I don't necessarily think that it's the way it is. Like it, that that's how programs like USC and Florida State and Miami maintained power over the nation for so long. But it in the world now of social media, news, you you can get anywhere within a couple hours. Um I I think it's a lot harder for places like at Texas down for a long time usc ucla florida state is probably the only one in that group that really it has been relevant recently and it's been basically since 2015 since they were relevant we like to think it's really easy to keep these guys in state and to keep them uh in these cool fun places like la and miami they grew up there they're ready to go off and find a, a new place and so that's where I think there is a little bit of a fallacy in recruiting that it's really easy to keep kids in state. It's not as easy as we like to think. All right, we got a break. Again, we're long. Sorry. Next is West Coast Bias. I wanted to talk Pac-12 and the bowl games, and we may get to that, but also there's still more to this we got to get to. So we'll follow whatever happens. This is Football Sunday on the Fan. It's time for some West Coast flavor. Wrong side! Left side! Yes, this is the center of the football universe. Don't oversell it. I'm not selling anything. Come on, stop milking it. I didn't hear my lungs. I'd scream at you. This is West Coast Bias, an in-depth look at the NFL's Western teams on Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Ten twenty three here on Football Sunday. That music means it's the West Coast bias. I, I mean, we've only got like four minutes because we've gone long two segments in a row because Mark Richt retired and maybe Mario Cristobal is going to consider taking that job. Who knows? Do you want to wrap up that segment because it is technically West Coast related, or do you want to do the quick Pac twelve bowl game segment that I had planned? Uh, I don't want to choose your own adventure. I don't want to bump your bump your segment. You know, bump my segment. Is this Black Mirror or? Are we doing that new Black Mirror thing where we're choosing our own adventure? I saw that. That looks really fascinating to me. You see Bird Box? No. Yeah. I, I've seen everybody referencing Bird Did Box. You? Yeah. I have not Did you seen like it? it. It was fine. I, I thought it was – I, I don't think it's – I don't understand why it's breaking the internet. I, I think it was good. I don't think it was 
bad. I, I, just, I don't think it was amazing. I like that everyone's now referencing Sandra Bullock as that lady from Bird Box. <laughs> like as if she hasn't done a hundred other great things before that. No, well, she's done like four great things. Wow. I mean, hey, I love Cassandra Bullock. She has the need for speed. Did speed? That one? Speed That's was one. awesome. Speed Time was to awesome. Kill, two. Blind Side. Um, I hate the Blind Side. But she was great in that movie. She, uh, she was. She was. She looked great in that. Yes, movie. she did. Yeah. That full that. white outfit. Yeah. Please, I'll, Sandra. I'll give her that. Uh, Miss Congeniality. It's her best movie. What? Miss Congeniality was hilarious. Absolutely. I, it was fine. It was funny. I don't think I'd put that in her best movie. <laughs> what? What? Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. She has. She's been in, in a lot of movies. How many of them has she really stole the show? In? So this is what Very we're really doing for our four-minute segment. We're talking about Sandra Bullock. Well, because you know we could talk bowl games for thirty minutes. You know, really, I'm done talking about Sandra Bullock already. There we go. Somebody just said speed. Tell me, tell me three Sandra Bullock movies. You're like, oh, okay, there's one. You can't. I. What was it? The Lake House with Keanu Reeves. Is that the one that they that she did? Yeah. Huh. Huh. You want you? I, I didn't. I didn't see the like. Yeah, no, it's it's one that you watch with your lady. Demolition Man. Okay, but it wasn't awesome. Of Sandra Bullock. That wasn't because that's Simon Phoenix that did that. Well, just because I don't know, someone I think, is also good in that movie doesn't mean you can't reference a, a Bullock being good in the movie. I'm saying, why are you not Sandra Bullock so hard, man? I'm just saying, no, we're, we're like she's been in a ton of things. Like you're she giving like her personally. Way more. I love Sandra Bullock. She's, she's hot. No, I like Sandra Bullock, but only in some of those movies. I, guys, what? We are all the way. We're we're everywhere. We have one minute left in this segment now. We only had four minutes, and now we're kind of talking about Sandra Bullock. The Ducks are going to win. Bird Box. Ducks are going to win. They need to win for the Pac-12. Yeah, they're going to convince Mario Cristobal to stay. That's West Coast bias. If the Ducks win, Cristobal stays. (laughs) They do. They should win that game. They lay an egg, then he's going to be gone. Monday on the fan, Uh, six a.m. pregame. Well, six a.m. Center in the Saint, eight a.m. pregame. So technically 6 a.m. pregame for uh, the Duck game on Monday. Wow. Tomorrow. 6 a.m. I'm going to be talking Ducks until like 8 in the evening. Yep. Are you here all day tomorrow or is that? I got tomorrow off, buddy. Awesome. Awesome. What are you doing for New Year's? Uh, My parents are in town this weekend. That's awesome. Tell Mr. and Mrs. Lynch. I I, I love them. We got got some kittens and uh, they wanted to meet our cats, so. Your parents coming all the way from, New Jersey, to meet from Jersey to meet a couple kittens. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually what. That's actually the, the main Lynch reason why they came doing here. Pretty well. That's what's up. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they would. They wanted to visit me as well, but no, they they were like, we got to meet your cats. Can't wait so to come see those cats. You know, you're going to be there too. Uh, that is something of first. That's the first for me. And it was one in the morning, and they spent 30 minutes on the floor petting our cats. They so. bring them presents. Mm, maybe they. Oh, I can't. When you have kids, they're going to be here every weekend. Literally every weekend. Those those flyer miles are going to be love for them. <laughs> My dad's got a lot of miles right now. That's also why they probably yeah, can quickly afford it. Most travel he's ever done in a year has been this year. So he's got plenty, plenty of miles. All right. West Coast bias. Ducks need to win to make the Pac-12 feel better about themselves. At least Wazoo won. They're one and two in bowl games. I personally don't care how a conference does in the bowl games because they don't mean anything. A lot of other people do care. That was going to be the topic. And I saw a lot of people on Facebook when I made a Facebook post this week about that saying how much they cared about how the Pac-12 did in bowl season. I don't think it matters. We care. You know, the people I don't. I don't think it matters. Bowl games outside of the playoff or the near six are useless. Well, you're from the ACC. Like, you you get a chance to, you know, your, your, your conference is typically, you know, fair in bowl season. The Pac-12 
They're so used Even, to being called soft and so used to being dude, called finesse or whatever the case is. And they play teams from the ACC. They play teams from the Big Ten and from the Big 12 or whatever the case is. And they just get boat raced. Even if time, my so. school was not in the ACC, it doesn't. I don't care. The bowl, their bowl games are meaningless games that are good for sponsors and can be fun for fans if it's a, if it's been a good season for your team. Otherwise, who cares? Well, the conference cares. Because I'll tell you what, the Pac-12 doesn't want another year where everybody's pointing to their bowl record and going, that's a subpar conference. Well, I know. And that's going to be that's the why it matters. Obviously, the Pac-12 doesn't want that. But what I'm saying is, I don't. I cannot believe that that is a storyline at all, that people point at the conference and say how bad this conference is. They're meaningless games. Some teams get up for them. Some teams don't. It's totally random. It depends on how the season went. I was shocked Washington State got up for their game because they just lost the Apple Cup, which is the biggest game in a long time for that school. They didn't make the Pac-12 title game, and they had to go play Iowa State. I'm shocked Washington State got up for that game. If they had lost, I wouldn't have cared. Well, again, you know, that that it does count as a – it's almost kind of like this Les Schwab tournament. There was a lot of kids last night – uh, really disappointed. A lot of people really disappointed that their teams, these local teams, didn't make it to the championship. But, you know, all these other games they played, man, Central Catholic versus Jesuit, these are huge games, and they go on your record. So, yeah, you want to make sure that you do your best and go out there because uh, a nine-win season is much better than an eight-win season. And if you can say you put you know, nine wins up on the it's year. It's not much better. It's no, one it's, win it's better. Definitely, it's definitely better. You know, yeah, so nine wins, you know, that's close to being double-digit wins. And mind if you're the Ducks, Man, uh, uh, the ball slides one way or the other, then who knows? You could be one of those 12-win teams that's in the, in the playoff right now. So, yeah, it definitely matters. But I think more than anything, it's pride. We talk so much about why is the Pac-12 respected? Why is the Pac-12 respected? Nobody ever talks about the Pac-12. Nobody ever talked about Mariota. They never talk about Andrew Luck. They never talk about these guys. And then they go out in the bowl games and they lose. Then you go, oh, okay, that's why. So the Pac-12 going out there winning would change the narrative for all the college football, at least for a year. I understand that it would. My whole point is I think that narrative is stupid in the first place and it should not be a thing. Because bowl games, outside of the big ones, they don't mean anything. Football is king. And if you're a fan and you get really upset that the conference doesn't do well in the bowl games, think about it and try to change how you view it because half these teams don't care about the bowl that they're in. No, I mean, the the, the teams don't. Fans do. And I think that's the big big issue. No, I mean, you you should care about rivalry games, stuff like that. But this is one of those things that's almost kind of like a Team USA type thing. Like, this this is us versus them, you know. So if you're an Oregon fan and Oregon State just happens to be in the play, or excuse me, in the in a bowl game, man, there's a part of you that's like, man, I need you to win this game. You know, I mean, mind you, you, you hate Oregon State if you're the Ducks, and if you're the uh, uh, the, the Beavs, you hate the Ducks. But low-key, like, we need you guys to go out. The way, the way I look at it is very simple. If it's your team, your alma mater, or your favorite team, go crazy. Root for them as much as you want. If they lose, that sucks. I get it, right? It's your team. Who cares what the rest of the conference does? That's my that's my hot take. It's just how I feel. All right, coming up next, hate it or love it time. We're getting closer to being back on time. Here's Jesse with Sports Center. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 10:35 on your Sunday morning. It is very nice outside because I can't see. Because the sun is very bright. Yeah, that sun just came in with a vengeance all of a sudden, too. I know. It's like, just like I I can't. Yeah, I, I want move. to watch Red Zone, but if I turn that way, the sun blinds me. Talk what? about first world problems. trade spots? I'd like to speak into a microphone and watch TV while also not being blinded by the sun. Cool. One trade spots? We can. No, because okay. you look like you're in a way worse spot than me. 
No, I'm good. Do you want me to? Can I move and like block it for? Oh, no, I'm good. Way too far over. Yeah, that looks weird. How about this? Oh no, I'm fine. I can see it just fine. We're good over here. Yeah, you're the only one that doesn't get a watch right now. Okay. They Um, they did just show a a little um, little graph of Robert Foster. What his receiving total was at Alabama. That's the Bills guy you were talking yep, about earlier. Yep. And then what his receiving yards were this year. He's literally like, I believe, almost surpassed his entire career at Alabama in like half a season in the NFL as far as stats wise. Shows you the talent at Alabama, right? Whew. All right. Let's go, Jesse. What do we got? All right. Um, well, I guess we'll try to do this somewhat quickly. And we'll start with Tom Brady. Tom Brady. It doesn't look like the indestructible Tom Brady that we have seen the last couple of years. Kind of threw two picks last week uh, against Buffalo. Had just kind of an all-in-all down game. It has kind of been that way uh, for a a lot of this season. Love or hate, 2019 will be Tom Brady's last season. Um, Hate. Uh, Brady's already said that he wants to come back next year. I think the Patriots would be silly for giving him more money if that's what he wants as he comes back. But, I mean, you're looking at a guy who knows this offense. I don't even really think he needs to review a playbook. He knows the offense like the back of his hand. Uh, unfortunately, he has a uh, his receiving core isn't what it used to be. Gronkowski is no longer uncoverable. Edelman is older. You just lost Josh Gordon last week, so you don't really have a whole lot of weapons to work with. So expect him to check down a whole lot and throw it to guys like White. And when Sony Michelle gets better as a player because he's kind of had some down weeks expect for those to be his main targets but you're looking at a guy who can't really throw the ball downfield anymore the balls are almost starting to become kind of you know wet ducks as they they leave his hand it almost kind of looks like Peyton Manning towards the end uh, of his career now mind you they're not as wobbly but there are but they are still uh they're not great looking footballs coming from Tom Brady right now but all that being said this is what they this is what they do. He struggles in this uh, in November and December. This is just the time of year where the Patriots for whatever reason make a lot of mistakes. Call it being tired, call it maybe just not uh clicking on all cylinders, call it maybe just coasting until they get to the playoffs. But either way, uh Brady is starting to show his age. I'm going to say hate as well cuz he said he wants to play for a couple of more years and hell if I'm going to say he can't do that because he is an amazing specimen of staying healthy so far with his weird stretchy muscle technique, the TB12 technique. Yes, he's having a iffy year, but he's had years like this in the past. 2009, 28 touchdowns, 13 picks. 2013, 25 touchdowns, 11 picks. That's the exact numbers he has this year right now, by the way. 25 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. It is not necessary for him to be outstanding every game for the Patriots to win. Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels find a way every single game. It's a game-by-game thing for them to pick apart the defense they're playing using whatever is best. Sometimes it is Tom Brady. Other times that's using Sonny Michelle and using James White. And hell, I've seen them pass the ball to their fullback, Josh Devlin, four times this game. So having two picks against the Bills, sure, that doesn't look good. But the Bills defense is good this year. And Brady tends to struggle against some of the divisional opponents sometimes passing the ball. So I'm not really sure that's indicative of him having that bad of a season. I just think he might be slowing down a little bit and the team's just not relying on him to be the guy every single game like they used to. And they don't have to. They're going to make the playoffs. They're still one of the best teams in the AFC, and they might not win the Super Bowl this year, and that's maybe for Patriots fans that's not good, but that doesn't mean he's having a bad season. All right, just got distracted by a little PI interference on uh, on the Jacksonville Jaguars there. Um, 
Seattle Seahawks have been way better than I think any of us anticipated going way into the better. season. I mean, yeah. we all thought they were going to be a dumpster fire, not probably a bottom of the division, but weren't going to be in the running for the playoffs. We were oh so wrong. Currently playing for the fifth seed tonight. They can either get the fifth or sixth seed, depending on what happens with Minnesota and what they do. So they are going to try to take care of business, lock that fifth seed down. Um, with that said, there is a little bit of fire under this team, and I, I think they've been a little bit overlooked uh, the second half of the season. Love or hate, the Seahawks will make the NFC Championship game. Ooh, um, yeah, I, 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 I love that. Um, and mind you, I don't know who they're going to play at this point. I don't really know uh, if to right now if the playoffs matched up how the how the seating would look. They, if it was today, they would be playing Dallas in Dallas. Man, and I would take the Seahawks over Dallas in Dallas uh, all day. Yes, absolutely. I, w- I would love that, man. Seattle right now is playing the best football of any of the teams probably in the playoffs right now. As I look at all the teams that are in the playoffs, and right now this week 17 is incredibly, um, uh, incredibly important. Um, right now, the Seahawks are playing better football than the, the, the Steelers. They're playing better football than the Chiefs. They're playing better football than probably the Texans right now. They're playing better than the Patriots. They're playing better than, the, than obviously, the Eagles or the Vikings or any one of the wild card teams from, uh, from the NFC. Like, I'm, I'm, tell me a team that's hotter and tell me a quarterback that's not named Tom Brady that you trust more going into the playoffs uh, than Russell Wilson. So I look at the Seattle team. I look at a defense that's hasn't really taken a step backwards. You look at all the guys that they lost, and yet and still they've been able to step up and make play, and make plays. So I think the Seattle team has everything it needs uh, to make a deep run. Uh, we've seen them make a deep run before. Uh, we've seen them make a, a win a Super Bowl before, and that's within the last five years. So I think Russell Wilson is ready to make a, uh, the leap, but this time as the leader of the offense. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say hate i like a lot of rashad's points and he's right about a lot of rashad's points i'm shocked that the seahawks are playing this well and they are certainly one of the hottest teams in the nfl here's the thing beat the cowboys sure that seems easy enough it's a wild card game matchup if you beat the cowboys guess who you're playing either the saints or the rams i don't think the seahawks are beating the saints or the rams in the playoffs even though the rams have been a little bit iffy the last few weeks and even though the saints are benching everybody this week i don't think it matters Once the playoffs start, there's going to be a different energy to those games. You're going to have to go on the road to those games. You're not going to be at home if you're the Seahawks because you're in in the the wild card situation at the moment. Those are two teams that I think are destined to play each other in the NFC title game. They have been since week two, and they are going to be all the way through until the NFC title game, which I would be ecstatic if that is actually the matchup we get. Because the rest of the teams in the NFC don't excite me that much. The Bears, excuse me, the Bears have been really good, but there's still a lot of flaws on that team outside of their defense. I think the Seahawks have been really good as well, but part of me expects them at some point to have one of those bad offensive games where Chris Carson doesn't run for 140 yards and then their defense can't hold up against a team like the Rams or the Saints. So, and the, I don't think the Cowboys are that good. I think they're winning the NFC East by default. Uh, obviously, they're the best team in that division, but I just don't think they're that good. So, yeah, they'll probably win the wild card game, but NFC t- championship, no. All right. Energy today. Mike has the 10 to 9 lead going into round three. Uh, another Super Bowl aging uh, quarterback question here. Uh, Philip Rivers has been a guy that's gotten close, but no cigar. He's had the teams that have been Super Bowl favorites, haven't been able to make it happen. 
this year, kind of the team that a lot of people uh, maybe were expecting last year. Uh, still have had a couple letdown games. Love or hate, Philip Rivers will win a Super Bowl before he retires. Uh, hate, unfortunately. Uh, Philip Rivers is going to go down, at least in my opinion, as one of the top two or three quarterbacks to play in the NFL to never win a Super Bowl. Um, he's had some great teams. He had a great shot when he had LaDainian Tomlinson. I want to say it was back in 2007 or 2008, whenever they made it all the way to the AFC Championship game, ended up losing to the Patriots as the Patriots went on to play the Giants. Um, he's been the, the the model of consistency for the most part. He's had some up and down years, thrown a lot of picks at a point, but unfortunately he hasn't had a whole lot to work with. There's been a lot of injuries. This year his team is playing the best that we've seen. Now, maybe if they can do this next year, then I would probably say yes. The Chargers are definitely one of those teams that can win, but unfortunately there's still too many moments where they stub their own toe uh, this season. Moving into the playoffs, none of these guys are tested on this team. Phillip Rivers is the only person on this team with any playoff experience or at least any big playoff experience. So I think the Chargers are going to be a competitive team. I don't think that they uh, win a Super Bowl this year. I'm going to say hate as well. I think this is Jesse trying to get us to rip on the Chargers a little bit as a, as a Broncos fan, AFC West rival. But the Chargers are having one of their best seasons in a long time under Phillip Rivers this year. And they're still in the wild card right now because guess what? The Chiefs are a better team. Guess what? The Patriots are a better team. Guess what? The Texans are probably a better team at this point. The Chargers are good. I actually like the Chargers a lot this year. They're fun to watch. I think Phillip Rivers is having a really good season. I, Melvin Gordon's one of the top running backs in the league, and their defense has been underrated all throughout the season. But they're not going to make the Super Bowl this year. And after this year, you really think the Chargers are going to be able to go 12-4 and four again? Not with the winning schedule. It se- uh, that's especially right, not with the winning schedule. It seems like it's a little bit of a flash-in-the-pan great season. I think they could still be good. They could still be 9-10 win playoff contender team. They have been for the last few years, frankly, minus some of their bad kind of chargery losses. But no, he's not going to win the Super Bowl. It's tough in the AFC at the moment because Tom Brady's still in the, in the league and frankly Ben Roethlisberger's still in the league. Steelers are not out of the playoff picture yet this year either. So there's guys who have been there frequently who have been to the Super Bowl multiple times. It's not going to happen for Phil Rivers. He's too old. Sorry. All right. All right. All right. All right. Well then, um, this is what I'm thinking. Our winner today is. Mike Lynch. I heard that was an angry smash. You're holding your phone too. Um, That was a lot of points I heard today. I feel like you were just giving points out like candy. You're in the New Year's spirit, Jesse. Willy nilly. Uh, You guys brought the energy today, especially to Mike. Well, some points just willy nilly, just over there. Sometimes I, I I don't know. It it might be the topics I bring up, or you know, just the. Sometimes it's is the points aren't there today. You know, you guys brought it. The points were there. I was just having to dish them out. There was one I almost just was like, ding, 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 ding. But I was like, no, I never do that. So we're just going to keep it the one-point standard situation. How uh, how many did I win by? Two. Ooh. Get out of here, Jesse. Oh. All right. Coming up next, the Ducks playing the bowl game tomorrow. How important is it to you as a Duck fan? Text the Better You Today text line 55305. This is the fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I did see this on Twitter, actually from the 1080 The Fan Twitter. Not sure who's on it at the moment because I also am running it a little bit during the show. But 
Uh, the, the tweet was, you've heard in the interviews on 1080 The Fan, Mike Leach sure does love Key West, dot, 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 just saying. <laughs> he almost left last year to Tennessee. Remember that? Yeah, so almost. That I guess that's an option. I'm sure Wazoo fans would, would love that. Well, I mean, if you're Leach, you're coming off of a, of a, of a great uh, a great year, you know, coach of the year. I mean, hey. Why, uh, why not go to – have you been to – You did you see the the last game in one of the last games on the zoo when it snowed everywhere and they had the snow pile? Like, get out of here. Like, I mean, but doesn't that kind of – doesn't Pullman scream Mike Leach to you? It does, he but doesn't Miami campus. scream Mike Leach to you too? Not really. I feel like, my, I feel like he – He coached in Lubbock, Texas, and Pullman, Washington. And yeah, Let's talk about two of the most middle-of-nowhere places and, and ever. And now that he's getting older, like most older people, and that get ready to go to Boca or get ready to go to – you know, Fort Lauderdale. Hey, man, Mike, that'd be perfect for Mike Leach. Miami is where man, Miami, Vegas, Boca, you know, so those are places that older people go to retire and to, to live their best life. And it would not shock me if Mike, Le- Mike Leach decided, yeah, you know what, let's go, let's go give Dade County a try. So Ducks, Red Box Bowl, Michigan State tomorrow on the fan cover starts 6 a.m. Hey, that sun all of a sudden has really come to play. We got four minutes. You're okay. You can handle it. <laughs> um, if you are a Duck fan, do you have to win this bowl game? Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. You do. Absolutely. You Especially do. after the last two years, the TCU meltdown two years ago, and then the no-show last year against Boise. No, you absolutely. Ain't. Let's, let's be honest. The Big Ten has pretty much had their way with with Oregon, or really the, the Pac-12 for the past little bit you know i can think back to the game that the ducks played against ohio state where um uh the, where the quarterback and what was what, what's his name plays he's receiver now in the in the league used to be ohio state where terrell Pryor had a field day on the ducks and jeremiah masoli couldn't figure things out and then you move forward and you watch cam newton and and dyson just dyson just go ahead and that wasn't kill. jeremiah masoli then no masoli was the quarterback not against terrell Pryor. yeah absolutely yeah, that was the last. That was the Masoli year. I remember that. Really? Then, yeah, that was Masoli year. Then Masoli left, and then all of a sudden they got Darren Thomas. That's the national championship year. And then the next two years, the next three years is Mario. I feel like you're really accelerating. No, I'm how far you. back Terrell Pryor was there. Man, Terrell Pryor. That was, that was like six years ago. Seven. How, how long ago was that, Jesse? Oh uh, well, let's see. When did Mark Tressman get fired? I don't know. It was about Trestle? I, I uh, was it um, you mean, oh you mean Jim Trestle Jim Trestle yes uh, like five years ago had to be longer than that because Mariota was three years ago I guarantee I, I am okay I'm not gonna I don't know I, I just that sounds incorrect but keep going I don't know what point. I was saying now I'm now I, you've made me lose my big 10 train of thought. owns the Pac-12 you say. they pretty much do and so if you're the Ducks man you have to go out there and and play well and now I know there's some people texting in is like it doesn't really matter for the for the Pac-12 man seven yes. years so it was was yeah so that that had to have been Jeremiah so in, in between there. can you believe a coach as good as Trestle sweater vest basically lost his career because some, some players tattoos? got some tattoos. And that tra- is the most and, ridiculous. And, and, and they didn't. They they traded in some team memorabilia that they earned. It wasn't like they stole it or anything like that, man. They were. I think they were like um, something to where you get like player of the game or something like that. And they gave them to the the tattoo artist as payment, just to say, hey, man, like I don't yeah. have this, but you know, you're welcome to have. How is that any different than these guys giving somebody their shoes that they wore after a game? And say, hey, man, here you can take. 
take my shoes. That's a, that's the dumbest thing in the world. And Jim Trestle was a great coach who, man, has been out of a job since then. It's crazy. I, he's I found like, the game. You are correct. Was I? Yep. Give me more points, Jesse. I should be correct. And you should play my music now. Just saying. I no. just went. I found Terrell Pryor game log <laughs> and uh, looked up the Oregon game, and it was Jeremiah Musil. You are right. It just, I felt like Pryor was at Ohio State earlier or later than But that, that was only seven years ago with Masoli? 2009 was that game. Oh, okay. It's so nine, nine so years ago. Nine years ago? Wow. That's... Yeah, no, it was, it was uh, Pryor left in the supplemental draft in 2011. Okay. So, Okay. Yeah. No, so yeah, this I think this game is incredibly important, you know, and the Ducks need it. You know, nine wins would go really, really far as really cementing Cristobal as one of the best coaches in the Pac-12. Right now, we know him as a great recruiter. Uh, we know that he is a, a, a much improved coach, considering what the Ducks have had. But this this win, especially against a Michigan State team, that's you know I'm not going to call them middle of the road, but for the Big Ten, uh, they're definitely one of the players there. If you can go out there and get this team, get this win against a Big Ten team, uh, words, Big Ten team, then hey, man, nine wins looks doesn't look bad. And then if I'm Miami, I'm definitely giving you a call. All right, we got to go. Thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. I thought it was a really fun show today. Thank you for all the texts. The Better You Today text line 55305. We'll be back next week for a full-fledged playoff edition of Football Sunday as we're going to have all four wild card games. Two are going to be done by the time we're on the air, and then we're going to have two after us as well. So we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Some of the playoff shows are some of my most fun shows all year because you can really dive into the nitty-gritty of some of these games where oftentimes we take a little bit more of a broad view of the nfl this is the most important week 17 i can remember uh there's a lot going on uh so real quick baltimore steelers kansas city the colts the titans chargers texans can all win their division today kansas man so there's a whole bunch of good stuff going on you've got the sunday night game which is a playing game colts yes. titans mario is not playing most likely not playing uh so, the ravens have not clinched their division yet they can clinch it today Steelers can also steal it back from them. Steelers play the Bengals. Ravens play the Browns. So that could happen. You could see the Steelers. Ravens can be eliminated completely today. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so that's, Sneak that's into crazy. the playoffs. And then NFC, it's just the last seed. Eagles still have a chance to make it. Vikings currently hold that last seed. So enjoy week 17. We'll be back next week, 9 to 11, for a full-fledged playoff edition. We love you. Goodbye. Happy New Year. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat!